Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. We are excited to be back. Happy 2022. Yay! New Year. Happy New Year. So today we wanted to check in and just kind of talk like a holiday recap of how it went for us. Uh, yeah. So Shannon, do you want to jump in? Okay. Um, sure. For me overall, I would say it was a really good holiday season um, and some good holiday celebrations. Uh, Jay and I actually like both commented several times, like how good this year was and um which was really nice because there have been past like Christmases that I feel like have been kind of like because of relapses or just addiction things um and so I just feel like it felt good to be in a better place um so nothing really like current that happened um but it was interesting some old old things came up. So like, like a week or so before, um, Christmas, Jay has a friend who is, has been supporting his girlfriend in her attempts at sobriety for like the last, I don't know, nine months. She's kind of in and out of rehab. She's sort of in this like cycle of where she says, "I, I need to go get help. She goes to rehab. She gets out is like fine for two weeks you know, he'll kind of keep some distance from her, set up some boundaries. Then she seems to be doing well. And it like brings him back in. And then like a week later, it all happens again. And so, uh, each time that's happened, he's kind of tried to distance himself a little bit more. And so most recently he had told Jay about, I guess she got pulled over, ended up in jail, called, did a whole thing of like, I need you to bail me out. And he said, no, she wasn't going to bail him out. Or he said, no, he wasn't going to bail her out. And, you know, she got really mad about this and started doing the whole like manipulation thing of like, if you really cared about me or you wanted to help me, like you would do this. And, um, and so Jay is telling me this and I'm listening, but I like find myself going back to like, two years ago, um, when we were in a similar situation after he OD'd and he was in jail and I get a call from him, like begging me to bail him out. And I was like, I'm not doing it. And so I, I told him, I was like, you know, good for your friend. Like, you know, tell him, I hope he like sticks with it and, you know, knows that he's doing the right thing for him. And, um, then I, I started just getting kind of like emotional. I was like, it's so shitty. Like, you know, when they start manipulating and trying to make you feel like you're this awful person and no one takes into account, like how you're sitting there on the other side of the phone, like 
so upset. Like where all you want to do is get them out of jail and have them home, but that hasn't worked. And at some, I'm like getting heightened in my like delivery. And then Jay was like, I feel like somehow this conversation has changed and we're not like talking about them anymore. And like, you're like getting mad at me for some reason. And I was like, well, it's not that I'm like mad at you. It's just like bringing up all of these emotions. I like took me like right back to the spot. And I'm like, I'm thinking about myself sitting on the porch and like my sister was sitting next to me and like, could hear you. And like, you sounded kind of shitty. Like, well, just, it, you have my own money, like pay, pay my money. It doesn't have to be yours. And I was like, I think it's just bringing up a lot of old emotions and stuff that we never really talked about because after that happened, we didn't talk for a couple of months and then we weren't like living together. And then by the time that he did move back in, like seven months had passed and things were like in a good place. And like, we never circled back to that conversation and how I like felt or things like that. And so I think I didn't even realize that it was still there, something that bothered me until it came up and it just like came out and he was sort of like, whoa. Um, And so we kind of talked through it. And then later uh, he came up to me and he was like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry for, you know, that, that summer. And when I was in jail and, you know, I realized that, you know, that, probably felt really shitty for you. And if I haven't said it, like, I'm sorry. Like he gave me a hug and I, I felt like that was a nice like gesture. Um, but it was interesting. I don't know, even talking about it right now, kind of got my like heart rate up again. Yeah. That's, uh, I think it's so interesting how quickly when a memory comes up like that, when it's like such a big memory, just how easily that you can access those feet, the old feelings. Yeah. Especially like when, you know, I haven't even, I can't even tell you like the last time I like thought about that specific scenario. And then it just immediately like took me back there. And I was like, oh yeah, this is how I felt. And wait, I never got to tell you how angry I was about it and how hurt I right. was. So. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of strange. Um, and then the other thing that happened, um, I do like the big sisters, uh, big brothers, big sisters program. And my little sister lives on the side of town where this last um, run of Jay's, like he was getting, his drug dealer was in that area. And that is also the area where he overdosed at like a gas station. Um, and so it's not like right by her, but in the same general area. And so on Christmas Eve, we had, we were coming home from his family's and we stopped by her house to like drop off her Christmas gifts and see her family. And I didn't even think about it. And we were driving down the street and he was like, man, I'm having some flashbacks. <laughs> I was like, of what, you know, not aware. And he was just like, well, you know, this is the way that I like would go to and from my drug dealers. Like for a long time, it's like really bringing up some like memories. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and it was just like this moment where I was like, I don't know, kind of a reminder how that's always around or where you're like, we're having such a nice couple of days. Like, why did we have to bring up like that? Like, ugh, 
yucky times and drugs, but like at the same time, I'm glad that he, like, I want him to share those things with you. Um, I guess you just, I mean, you, you can't like pick the perfect time of when that's going to happen, but it was just a, a reminder, like, oh yeah, I guess that was his life for a while. And right. Yeah. It was weird. That's funny. You mentioned that because I think one time, well, we live in Indiana, which everybody knows. And, uh, we live close enough to the, uh, Indianapolis children's museum. And my husband would go get drugs right around the children's museum. So we go there basically every Sunday. And so every time we drive by the specific gas station and these different streets, He's like, oh, yep, that's the place. And it's um, it's, a, it's just interesting. And, you know, just driving through uh, downtown Indianapolis sometimes. We'll be like, whoa, <laughs> these houses. Yeah, these. this is where I used to go pick up dope. And it's like, oh, cool, sweet. <laughs> yeah. One time we were driving and we were going under, where we like, we were stopped at a light that's kind of like under a bridge. And he told me a story about how he would wait for his dealer, like under that bridge sometimes. And like one time he was there and it was like pouring rain and he got drenched by a car that like drove through there. And now I'm like, every time I go through that, <laughs> that intersection, I just think about him standing on the corner waiting for his drugs. And you're like, wow, what a life. Yeah. Well, you know shit happens like that I guess yeah Yeah. I was like well I'm glad it was past tense but right yeah absolutely well thanks for sharing Shannon yeah Jessica you actually you posted uh, some things in your stories when you were doing some social media some things about Mm -hmm. um, you went to a huge work party in New York City and Mm -hmm. also uh, oh your stepmom Mm -hmm. I did yeah, so um, the the work party in New York City was good. <clears throat> I did. I asked. Like, it was. It's weird because you know we hadn't been to any social gathering in a very long time, <laughs> anyway. So it was like it was the first time for that, and like traveling and leaving a kid behind. There were a lot of things leading up to it that were like just new. Um, I have been to parties with my husband before. Um without you know when he's sober so that wasn't the first thing but it was like a combination of being in a totally different place it was like at a nightclub and um with people sorry with people that uh neither of us knew because i i'm new to the job so there's like a little bit of that like i don't know anyone you don't know anyone we're in a different city like why what are we gonna do so that was like a little weird but the cool thing is is that I actually work with my sister-in-law at the same company so my brother was there too and and her so the four of us had a really good time um we actually ended up like going to the party for like an hour and then leaving so I didn't even like spend a lot of time at the party it was really crazy it was really nice and like our CEO is like like very over the top and so it was really cool um but once we did a few things it was like there was like 600 people and um the live entertainment were like rapping drag queens and um I mean for a work Christmas party this was insane there are people like like these acrobats on like these silk ropes things and like this everything oh, yeah 
and anyways and it was shoulder to shoulder and there were like 600 people and so you can't like my least favorite thing about going into a club is like not being able to walk and it was like that so after we found like all the cool like little photo booths and all that stuff like the fun stuff to do we were like hey you want to leave and like get dessert and get out of here and so we did but the rest of the time that so we were there a whole weekend and it ended up just kind of being like a vacation for us which was really kind of nice um so I worried a little bit about the party for kind of no reason because at least like my husband and I are on the same page like we don't like those environments typically like neither of us really enjoy them um so it was easy to just be like okay this is cool we did it now we want to go do something else so that's what we did we went we ended up going to Times Square and like walking around um for a very long time and <clears throat> I think we walked 15 miles in a day oh my God. and yeah in a day and people like I was thinking like that's over a half marathon and I didn't <laughs> even train for that like that's straight <laughs> off the couch it's like couch to 15 miles and very tired um did you well, guys yeah, anyway New York City Marathon up next for you oh there you go um, right so with uh going to New York and kind of the recent um relapse did you guys have a plan did you talk about going to this big I mean you guys knew you were gonna go into a big massive nightclub party did you have any special conversations before you went no um we didn't and you know I think that we didn't because we've been doing this for a while you know and I kind of know him and he knows me like what I need um I will say though this isn't our first time in New York and during his tenant recovery it's the place we go we've been like three or four times now and he's always like right out of recovery it's so funny um but one time we stayed in Brooklyn and he it was way earlier in, in this timeline for us and um travel was like one of those things that typically I was always nervous about because it was one of those things that I felt like it happened when I didn't know and um so anyways he went to a few meetings like we had made a plan for that trip and he went to meetings while we were there which was cool but this time it's like it, it was different I don't know how it's different I can't really I haven't thought about it until you just asked me that question but um it was just different. I mean, I kind of just knew he wouldn't. I don't know why. And I think also, like, I just know that that's just not the vibe. That's not the scene where he's going to do it. Not at, at, at a pop and nightclub. It's going to be, like, off on his own when I don't know by himself. And it's, you know, so I really did. I mean, we were together the entire time. So it really never even crossed my mind. What, I, what was surprising to me, though, so we've talked about him smoking weed. And um, I think the last time when we talked about the relapse, we talked about how he had been smoking weed all that time and everything. And um, I haven't, I've been very hands off with this. Like I haven't asked, I haven't probed. And we were in New York and there were, so recreational marijuana was legalized there in September. So very, very new. There aren't like, stores really yet that we saw because it's very new and but they have food trucks that sell weed like in like everywhere it's like a regular like there are like the street vendors with food you can also it's the same thing with weed and so my brother and sister-in-law were getting some and I was like wait you're not getting any weed and he was like no I don't smoke anymore and I'm like wait what 
You didn't even when know did that, that happened. When did, no, I didn't know that. That's when funny. did I was like, when did that happen? Um, so anyways, that was interesting. Did he um, um did he give any details on like how he got to that decision? No, the same way I'm not probing about him doing it, I'm not probing about him not doing it. I'm just letting it go. Like his own thing like I I didn't even know like and to think about that though for me like to look back on how I used to know everything and like I would piece things together that didn't even weren't even related to using and you know always trying to be one step ahead like the fact that I hadn't even noticed he hadn't smoked weed was just like oh okay (laughs) well good for you like I'm glad um but I'm I'm just trying to be indifferent about it either way because I don't know what good it does me Uh, just a interesting side note I saw recently that Demi Lovato came out saying that she was no longer California sober that she Mm. has come to realize that for her she needs to be like entirely sober I thought that was interesting because I think we kind of talked about that with the California mm-hmm. episode yeah you know the way I think about this is I think that it's like I don't know when I think about like weight loss for example it's like I'm gonna try every diet where I can still eat brownies you know and then you get to a point where it's like well I'm doing all these better things like I'm running every day and I'm waking up early and like after I eat a brownie the next day I don't feel as motivated to do these other things that I really like to do so then you're like, you know, it naturally kind of falls away, I think, because it just no longer fits your lifestyle or your mentality or whatever. I think it's maybe one of those things. Like, I don't know. If someone told think, me you can never eat brownies, I, that's all I'd want to do. Yeah. I also think, um, like, Jay and I talked about this one time where he was like, yeah, it's like the dream to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to drink and not do any hard drugs, or I'm going to smoke weed and not do this. And like, sometimes you have to like try everything to find out if it does or doesn't work like there are some people that it that it works for and like he's Jay's found out for himself he's like I'm not one of those people so like I know that it would be amazing if I could just like have a beer or a whiskey occasionally but I have learned that that's not the case so just yeah and I think yeah, when you think of it as like a lifelong journey though, that that's something that like put it into perspective for me. Like this is a man's life. <laughs> you kind of got in like, you know, it, it has phases and goes through cycles and stuff and it's like, well, I'm just not going to get hung up on smoking weed uh for one year when we're in quarantine and the world is ending, you know? Like at the at the time it was like I got bigger problems and it just naturally ended itself you know like I didn't have to like obsess over it or do anything or like so I feel like things tend to work themselves out one way or another and it's the same with like using any other drug like we've but it's just the what are you willing to be around for I think that's the thing that I keep reminding myself it's like you know am I gonna is, is weed gonna be like the hill I die on not so far um but there are other things that the answer would be yes you know and I think this is just the choices we have to to make um but yeah I mean it was just really interesting to kind of 
realized that while we were there like oh you're not smoking weed that's so interesting because when we went to Michigan I don't know if I touched about this on the podcast but um he was like all about going to the dispensary oh yeah there were like times where it was like he was like we were going to do other things. He's like, I want to go to this dispensary first. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is just annoying. Um, so I, I kind of, when I realized that there would be recreational marijuana there, I was like, oh, it's going to be a thing. And it wasn't. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Um, really nice. So there's that one. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm recovering from a cold. So if I keep clearing my throat. Um, the other thing was my stepmom was around for the holidays. So it was interesting uh, to me that on Christmas Eve last year is when my dad moved in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Christmas Eve, you know, Christmas Day, he and her came over. And it was really nice. And I honestly didn't even realize it. And I was posting on social media and I was talking about um just kind of grateful for things I was kind of wrapping up my my day on there and it wasn't even until I was like scrolling through photos to use for Instagram that I was like oh this is the first Christmas that she's had with my grand like with her grandson and um it was just really interesting that it didn't hit me until then but yeah it was good I mean it was pretty normal um my brother and sister-in-law came over as well and we just had a really good day um she was seemed fine and we didn't even talk about her recovery or Casey's recovery at all it was just kind of very normal so I don't have a lot to report on that other than it was just like it was nice to, to have that moment but then also it was just very interesting to look back on how things can change so much in a year mm-hmm. and really just in I mean, I would guess the last four months. So, um, yeah, because it wasn't that know. long ago where you brought up, like, I don't know if I want her to be around my son. Like, you were really like struggling mm-hmm. with what what that relationship looked like. But I think I still am. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but, but I mean, it helps. But it's like in a different. But I think like showing how things change in time and like how. Mm-hmm. progress can be made even in a short period yeah I think my same concerns are there I mean we've had we went from not seeing each other in a year to I've seen her four times over the last four months so maybe once a month now mm-hmm. um you know and I think each time I think it's like with anyone it's the same with with Casey too when things happen the more time you have with them that things are going well, the easier it is to be around them or to trust them or to give them um, the benefit of the doubt or, you know, forgive and realize that you love them and care about them, you know, like they're going to weasel their way back in. Um, (laughs) But that happens faster when you, with your spouse, you know, they're like so interconnected into your life. And like, there's just so many touch points where you can build trust or lose trust. You know what I'm saying? um for her it's like it's just been a little bit longer because we don't see each other as much um but you know I feel like I trust my dad and I trust that he would know or eventually tell me I I don't think he would stay in the same situation I think it would be 
it, I don't think he would, <clears throat> I think he would know the signs much faster this time. Yeah. That's what I'm trying am to I, say. Am I remembering correctly that at one point you talked about like some like feelings you were having about like with your dad where like some unresolved feelings about how he just like left and never mm. like said anything about leaving and like how that yeah. kind of made you feel weird as a, do you feel like what's your like relationship with him like right now? It's the same. Here's the thing about my dad. It was like functionally dysfunctional. Um, we just will never talk about it. That's just how it is. You know, like my feelings are hurt for a minute. He did nice things for me every Thanksgiving. He did nice things for me for my birthday. And I, that's it. You know, I just kind of how it is. So um, yeah, yeah, no, we never directly spoke about it. But the thing is, is that I kind of get it. You know, I've been in the, those shoes before. Like you don't necessarily have confidence in your decision. And to tell someone who's already been there, who's been like actively telling you to leave this person, it's hard to make that move of like going against that. Like, so I understand it. I think if I didn't really understand it and I was taking it more personally, um, I think it would have maybe lingered longer, but I get it. I know why he did it. And he's also a grown ass man. He's my dad. Like, I can't just be like, dad, you can't do that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So we, but we haven't spoke about it, but I really don't also, I really don't feel the need to, because I don't, I don't know what else we would say about it. Yeah. seems like you've accepted it for what it is and yeah. Is Kathy still doing methadone? Yeah, I think she'll do it for the rest of her life. Well, I mean, I don't feel like she has that long of a life left. Um, she's pretty, she has uh, significant health problems and related to other things. Um, but I don't, I doubt she would be off of it. Um, pretty soon though, which I'm interested, uh, she'll be self-dispensing um, it for oh, like predetermined right. yeah. sets of time. So I think it starts off with like, the weekend I don't really know how it goes but I think it starts off with like maybe one or two days maybe it's over the weekend and then it kind of gradually becomes more um so there's always the opportunity when any additional responsibility is given that you know they could kind of relapse or step back whatever they could kind of go off the structure helps a lot of the time of like eliminating the choices so as as she gets more choices are they kind of interested to see how it goes but um yeah so that'll be happening in the next couple months or so so that could change but so far it's been the going daily and getting her back done well good that's awesome yeah those are my holidays um one thing that came to mind when Shannon was talking about triggers and like recounting things the holidays are typically that for me like just in general like you know Casey overdosed on Christmas Eve so I remember something came up on my like uh Facebook memories when Katie you and I and Kevin we had gone to a Pacers game it was like I think it was seven years ago it said it was something a long time ago six years ago six yeah six years ago call it five okay six years ago we were we had gone out like we had gone we had plans for New Year's with both of our spouses and I was there alone and my spouse was in jail across the street 
And I just remember that, like I was scrolling through those memories um, that come up. And a lot of times around the holidays, there have, have been riddled with, you know, over or like uh, overdoses or going to jail or just relapses around the holidays. So um, interested though, interesting though, that I didn't have any of that um, this year. I mean, I didn't have any, like, I wasn't anxious leading up to it. Um, I think I drug tested it in one day because I think just like the, like you were saying, it's like the feelings come back of like a certain situation and we always host people at our house and that has tended to be a time when he would use. Um, and so I, I did it at Thanksgiving and I'm pretty sure I did it at Christmas where I just, those feelings of like, whatever it is, those like getting ready for to host people feelings that I associate with finding him in our bathroom. Um, sometimes that happens and I have to like drug test and like, no, like, okay, is this real? Is are things fine? And after that, then it, you know, it's pretty, pretty smooth from there. But anyway, so yeah, I didn't have a lot of that this year, which I'm grateful for, but also um, I feel like I'm very distracted with a child and we've been, our family was sick over the whole break. So it's just been a lot of other life stuff that's like, all consuming <laughs> but anyways that was my holiday yeah all right. well, thanks for sharing katie. yeah what about you katie tell us about you yeah so i had a just a shitty holiday season this is my first holiday season without my dad it is the first holiday season without both of my parents and so i just kind of think the realization of I have no maternal grandparents. I have no paternal grandparents. I have no dad, no mom. Um, and being 34 just sucks. Uh, so, so that sucked. Um, and I think I could just, while Kim in just the feeling of, of loss and, and, um, obviously Kimmon's alive, so he's not dead. Um, so just, uh, very grateful for that. And, um, for people who have lost a loved one to this awful disease, like I feel all the feels for it. So, so that has sucked. Um, I do have two small children. So doing the, we celebrate Christmas. And so doing that, um, was a nice distraction for me. Um, and so the first are always hard. And so looking forward to the future and, um, just figuring out, uh, fuck, <laughs> just figuring out what, uh, what that looks like. Yeah. Um, and I think I've shared before. And so I think, you know, I spoke with my counselor and I know my husband, he listened to the podcast religiously. So he's going to hear this and we've not talked about this yet. Um, we have been on a rocky path and, um, my counselor, um, what just made a comment of, you know, I think maybe, you are subconsciously um, wanting more out of Kimmin uh, with the loss of your dad. And so I think, I think I want more out of him. You know, we, we need to speak about that. Um, 
like he's just kind of the only, um, I don't have a grandparent or a, a grandpa that could take that place, or I don't have another male figure that could take that place. And so, um, you know, wanting more out of him. So, you know, we just, we got to figure that out. And, um, you know, he quit the drugs, which is fantastic. And he quit smoking, which he said was harder than quitting heroin. And he did it three weeks before our second child was born. So he was just a dick (laughs) for, um, a while. Like when my kid first was my second kid was first born, um, and in the hospital, he was just, you know, just getting off of nicotine. It's very addictive. And, uh, you know, we were off together for 11 days, our whole family, and he nearly smoked every day. There were a couple of days that he smoked a cigar twice a day, like maybe some little one in the afternoon. And then, you know, and I, I tried to ask him like, what's your plan? Like, I just kind of want to know, like, do you plan on smoking every day or do you plan on skipping every other day, whatever it may be. And so, you know, for the first four days of break, he told me he was going to like skip every other day and then whatever Wednesday he smoked and let's just say Thursday, he was like, I'm going to skip. Well, then we're driving home and he's like, I'm going to smoke tonight. I'm like, okay. And he was going to trade it out for Friday. Friday rolls around and he's like, I'm smoking. And I'm like, okay, we spoke about this. And I, I pushed you on, I assumed you were going to smoke every day. And I pushed you, do you really think that you can do every other day? And, and I just, I was like, I just don't think you understand just that, that it feels like a lie. I was very emotional about it. Very upset about it. Um, I was holding this box with t-shirts in it. Um, and I was so frustrated and I, I manage my anger very well. I don't like typically things don't get me riled up, but that for whatever reason, just got me hot quick and I did not want to explode. And so I came upstairs and I threw the box of t-shirts down. The box is kind of obliterated. (laughs) It's a work box. Um, so it's just as t-shirts, thank God. Um, but I was so frustrated and my heart was racing and I, I had to sit up here, sit up, um, in a different room from him for like 20 minutes away from everybody. Cause I was so, I was just so upset. It was just like, you know, I asked you a question, you lied about it, even though you unintentionally lied. And even though it's only cigars, right? It's only cigars. I get that. But, you know, we had another conversation. It's like, then he tells me I want to quit. I want to stop. I don't want to do this anymore. And so he said that, you know, the other day, and I said, quit fucking saying that, like your words mean nothing. If you're gonna fucking stop, then just stop. Like, don't keep, don't keep feeding me this bullshit of I'm gonna stop if you don't do it. And so I think a lot of that can relate back to recovery It as, you know, the person wants to quit. They say they want to quit. And then they don't quit. And then it's like, just stop, just stop pulling me along. Like I I understand this road and I know what we're going on. And it's like, you know, it's just very, very frustrating. And, um, he knows I hate it and I hate the smell. (laughs) And it's just, it's just a, you know, just a small, but sucky thing right now for us. And I think you hate all the, like, old familiar feelings that it brings for you that like mean something more significant than like, yeah, it's 
just a cigar. And we've talked about that before where like, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but, and you've addressed that, but it is, there's like layers to it. And I think you take that and add it to like all the emotions that you were dealing with over the holidays from like, just the grief that you're going through. And it's like, that's a lot to have on you. So yeah. 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 And it's just, it's just really frustrating. I, I just almost just don't have any words for it. Just very frustrating, very disappointing and uh, all that. So are you, are you going, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask, like, it seems like it, uh, I mean, it bothers you significantly, obviously. Have you established any boundaries around this or like decided what you're willing to deal with or? I'm, I'm not going to divorce them over cigarettes or I'm sorry, over cigars. Uh, so I don't know what boundaries I can set. Like, I mean, when he, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm open to examples, but like he comes in, like he puts his jacket that he smokes in somewhere where we cannot smell it. He washes his hands, he brushes his teeth, he gargles Listerine or whatever. And so he does all of those things so those are things that help the situation um but i mean he himself has put on a cap of he doesn't smoke during the week anymore he just does like friday saturday sunday um and again i'm if he wants to do a friday cigar every friday he did that for quite a few months and then he just rolled the thing with kim and is it it just never stops it is never just one of anything this man he's a wonderful man he was he just wanted to do a couch to 5k this mfr is now a marathon runner i mean he just goes hard and so in in whatever he does so drugs he went wild hard for many many years um you know now cigars he's just going hard like he just keeps building more and more and more and so you know, my tipping point is like, okay, when are you going to buy your first pack of cigarettes? Cause that's, I'm not okay with that for sure. So, so I guess I'm trying to like, um, you know, I think everybody approaches these things differently. <clears throat> Obviously I think you and I have very different approaches to the way I feel about Casey's smoking and yeah. how you feel about Kevin smoking. Um, but if you're not gonna, there are no boundaries you can set, obviously, you're not gonna, it's not a relationship breaker, then what would it look like if you just let it go? And like, like he's obviously deciding to do this. He knows that it upsets you. Like why, why, what would happen if you just like didn't fight about it, let it go and like just released all the feelings you have about it I mean obviously way easier said than done because you have very strong feelings about it but like what is it serving you to be upset about it all the time when he's clearly not changing on his own yet that was the question I was coming to of like you know we've identified doesn't seem to be like there's boundaries to set and it's not a deal breaker so then it seems like you're left with really your only option is to like acceptance right. so I'm like how do you get to that point of <laughs> being able to 
accept it. And I was thinking about, you know, like Jessica and she like with the weed, it's not a hill she's willing to die on. And she's like, has accepted the play. So I don't know, like Jessica, do you have any, can you like pinpoint how you were able to get to a point of like acceptance? Like, I don't um, know. Sure. That's a really good question. I, <clears throat> I mean, I just realized like, I can't do anything about it at all it's not my choice I'm not the, like I don't have any control over the choice it doesn't serve me to put um these like parameters around it because then he'll end up lying to me um and ultimately it's just not my it's not my body it's not my recovery you know like my things were like I don't want you know you driving the child our kid around you know those types of things um <clears throat> But there's nothing I can do. I mean, it would just be like obsessing over anything else I obsess over that I have no control over. And there's, no, there's, it's just, it's all bad for me and there's no good for me. So it was just like one of those things that like, I just cannot do that because it's, it's just not healthy for me. So I don't know. I, that's a good question. I don't have a specific thing other than like, a lot of practice with a spouse who doesn't do the things you want them to do. And, and then just accepting that they're their own person. They're on their, they live in their own life and they're on their own path. And I, I, I can't force them down these different ways. Like there's just, yeah, he's his own person. Yeah. 10,000%. I, I know that it comes <clears throat> down to me wanting to try and control the situation um, over a person who I have zero control. Like, I, I know that a lot of it lies within me. Um, so, I mean, I totally get that. And, um, you know, after I effing lost it um, that day, like I was just like, I cannot think about it. And so the rest of the time I haven't thought about it and he has um, smoked and it's just, um, I don't know, it's been nice. Not thinking about it the past couple of days. Like, yeah, I just have no control. But then again, it's like, Kim, and if you're listening, just stop fucking telling me you're going to quit. Like, just, <laughs> just stop fucking telling me you're going to quit. I think that, I think that's just what has prolonged it. You know, saying, I don't want to be a smoker. I don't want to keep doing this. Like, just don't fucking say that. Just do your thing. Like just disappear for an hour. Cause this, it takes time. It's an hour to an hour and a half with these effing cig- cigars. I mean, it's not like a quick five minute smoke. I mean, these things, he is outside for a very long time. So that's so maybe you're it's also taking time away from us to like, I'm not going to go sit outside with him and talk to him. Like yeah. it's taking time away from us. The time when our children are asleep, when we have time that we can connect, he takes an hour to an hour and a half and he listens to his grateful dead concerts and he sits outside. But that's so interesting though, I, that, yeah. he, that, that he's deciding to do that. I know Kevin listens, but um, he's I, addicted. He's addicted no but also you've shared that your relationship hasn't been great and that is time when you guys could be sorry my voice is cracking like a teenager but um that's time when like you could be working on your relationship so it's like he's prioritizing that his his own time alone time doing you know smoking and listening to a concert which is fine but he's prioritizing that over your guys's relationship 
So well, I think that we've tapped He's going to maybe- shit when he listens to this episode, folks. I'm just, ta- <laughs> I did record us talking about this fucking episode. I know he's going to talk about it. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that we've tapped into maybe like where some of the like true resentment is coming in for you also. Like, sure. There's a lot of things where it reminds you of past things for recovery and you're afraid of whatever, but like, I feel like this also opened up that you know, you're feeling kind of like resentful that one, he's getting like this alone time to himself. Like if it's, if it's how, I don't know if it, how often it happens, like when you get stuck with like kids by yourself, if that's a thing, but then two, like you're feeling sort of like discarded in a way of like, oh, he's choosing something else over me and we could be spending this time together. And I think that there is a lot of resentment there. At least it sounded like that which might be like but that's maybe a good angle like and an honest like angle to explore and like having this conversation like and maybe it would be more receptive if it was like hey I really would like to spend this time with you I don't know that goes back to um I can relate to that so I don't know how you feel about that Katie I'm not going to put words in your mouth but like or speak for you but with Casey, I feel like at the end of it, the addiction at the core, the addiction, I always felt like he was choosing other things other than what was best for our family. Like yeah. whether that was me and him or now me and our him and our son. Um, and that's, a, that's like the, the core principle. And the thing about that is, is that it's just like, they have this like selfish, like, worldview like it's only what I need you know it's like whatever Casey needs to survive a day whether that's vaping or you know smoking weed at the end of the night whatever it is it that's the the folk that's like the fun like the tunnel vision that they have Mm. and it kind of like he doesn't see me and what I need it's just like so I relate to that what you said Shannon a lot I think at the core of a lot of the things like that have gone that have hurt me it's been that it's just like I feel like I don't he he doesn't pay attention to what I need it's all about him <clears throat> and I say a lot like it's your world and I'm just living in it and now I say it like facetiously and like we kind of laugh but I used to really really think that mm-hmm. well maybe that's why I picked up on it because I feel like that's how I felt a yeah. lot well of like you're always choosing something else that's not me or not like what I want or what I want us to do together or even like when they were good things for recovery like it still takes away from you know we have to adjust our schedules to accommodate their their meetings or their workshops or oh they need to talk to their sponsor and so it's just that other things have to come first a lot and then it's like when they are choosing things that don't have to come first and they're still putting that in front it just is frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I think those are all very interesting points. And I think a hundred percent like recovery will always come first. And so he's been in recovery for six years. And so he's gone to a, a ton of meetings. And so of the six years that we've been together um, or not been together, been on the road of recovery together. Um, I only asked him very recently, right after my dad died, if he wouldn't go to a meeting. And he balked at it. And that's the first time ever that I've ever said something, but I just mentally could not deal with the children 
and kind of deal with what I was going through. I mean, it was like days after he had passed away and, um, and he even, he even kind of pushed me on it a bit. And I like had to like stand firm and like, I like, I just can't do it tonight. Um, and it brings tears in my eyes to think about it just because like I needed him and, and he stayed, he ultimately stayed. Um, it was just, uh, you know, yeah, but I just, think sometimes voice comes for recovery will always come first. And I want it to, because if recovery doesn't come first, I don't have the other things in my life that I enjoy. Right. Well, you know, two things can be true at the same time. Like you want recovery to come first, but then you also want them to like, know at the certain times, like to pick something else or whatever it might be. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I agree, but also I feel like there in order, at least for me, in order to have like a successful relationship, it has to be like, I think things come first at different times. Right. So like, yeah, ultimately recovery is very important. And, you know, I sacrifice and he sacrifices to make time for whatever. And like, I was sick over our Christmas break and he needed to do his fourth step. And so I took care of Lenny so he could have a couple hours to do that. I didn't want to, but you know, you always sacrifice those things. But I think that in that case, Katie, like you weren't wrong, you know, like for six years, recovery has come first, but I don't think it has to come first at the expense of your emotional health or like your relationship either. Like there has to eventually you'll calibrate, especially like eventually you calibrate to like make time for the things that you, you, that you care about right like it's not early days where I'm going to meetings every single day because if I don't go to a meeting I'm going to do drugs you know this is like later like integrating how do I have recovery and a life and both things mean something to me um but like how you know how do you decide and I think that that's more a more advanced like in general just life skill to have of like having a very clear priority but that doesn't mean that that I do that thing every day over everything else, right? Like yeah. some days are just different. Some days your wife's dad, your wife's dad's, your wife's <laughs> dad dies, <laughs> and yeah. and you need to be there, you know. And that's the most right. important place for you to be. Um, I don't know. I think it is a part of like the recovery relationship evolving a little bit. Sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. Have you and Kim and did you guys ever do couples therapy? And is that something you would consider like starting back up? It sounds like you said, you know, there needs to be some communication and there might, maybe this is a good time to get back into it. Yeah. We discussed that and we're both open to that. I've contacted some professionals. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people are filled up. Um, so my counselor who started out as our marriage counselor and then became our, my private counselor. Um, I do not think this is something that we need to be in counseling for years for, I think a handful of sessions will help us kind of navigate this communication impasse that we're at. And so I talked to my counselor and, and she said that she'd be happy and would feel very comfortable if Kim and felt comfortable to have a handful of sessions with both of us to kind of help us work through this. So we're doing, so we're going to do that. So, and he's very open to, um, going to marriage council. Like that's not a problem. Well, that's positive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he also feels it too on his side. I mean, I'm not the only one who's like making this stuff up. So 
Right. I, I just feel like I went through this too with uh, Casey, but maybe just, I feel like you guys had kids like really early in the recovery stage. And I feel yes. like when you have kids, like that's a major distraction and you don't necessarily allocate time to your relationship in the same way you would if you didn't have kids. And no. so I feel like I'm on the flip side of that where we did all the things you're talking about a long time ago like when it was just, because it was just the two of us we had nothing else to fucking do so we're just like you right. know it was like there's nothing else going on um right. but I feel like our relationship went through many stages of like roles changing and then like the dynamic evolving and then think like relearning each other but then also like relearning the relationship and now it happens in a more fluid way where it's like not so awkward and where we have to be really intentional about discussing it and like right. you know understanding each other's feelings and how we're interpreting things and because we were just really relearning how to communicate in a healthy way right and um yeah so I don't know I feel like I don't want to I'm trying to normalize a little bit what you're going through like and for anyone else who may be relating to like not really being on the same page like it's I feel like this is very normal stuff like yeah I agree very normal relationship but then also in recovery like the added dynamics of like the tobacco and then the meetings and things I just think oh. that it's just like figuring out how to live life yeah in recovery and that's that's what we always talk about but I think this is a great example of like one of those challenges yeah and I don't disagree and I and 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 for anybody who's listened found out like nine years I was with this man I had no idea he had a drug addiction then randomly got pregnant right after I found out he was a drug addict and then and then that just took over and I agree with you it was no longer it was like you stay clean and you do your own thing I have to worry about this little tiny awful colicky baby and just figure out life so yeah. so I, I i agree with you and now we have the two and and the second one is like two almost two and a half and she can get her own snacks she can get her own milk from the fridge so she's really becoming more oh, she could even potty she could even go to the bathroom by herself Yay. so so we have more time is, to focus on kevin <laughs> all right lucky you let's potty train kevin now yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. I think, I think it's true. I mean, I think my parents, and it's like with addiction, but in relationships in general, I think my parents like stayed together until we were teenagers because they were distracted by us. And then we got, became teenagers and got our own lives. And then they realized like, oh, we don't like each other. I don't think that's right. uncommon to like put your relationship stuff aside because obviously kids are very important and require a ton of attention. So right. I don't know. I think it's all normal stuff and that you just have an added component of like recovery and trust issues and all that other stuff on top of it. Yeah. Also a good reminder that like, if the relationship is important to you, like you can't just put it to the side for forever or for a long time. Like, you know, being a parent and taking care of your kids is like super important, but like you also don't want to completely jeopardize that relationship with your partner and so I think you know it's good that you are visiting this now so that you don't get to a point where your kids are in high school and you guys have just like completely yeah totally. gone different paths yeah and we've had that conversation I mean our children are wonderful but our relationship is number one 
Yeah. Like if, yeah. if the parents are, we, we feel that if the parents are happy, the children will ultimately be happy and in a, in a good, good home. So um, both of us recognize that. Yeah. Do you guys feel like this is one of the things I feel like is like a silver lining to having gone through like yes. addiction recovery thing is like the self-awareness that you have and like just how much it's encouraged to like be kind of reflective and all of that and it like I feel like that really helps relationships ultimately yeah. like when you start doing those things I agree it forces you to get comfortable like working on things that otherwise you know I mean it's like not necessarily this most fun comfortable thing to do but then we've had a lot of practice at it so it it just right. kind of carries on right yeah. a lot of, you know for us we did it in our early 20s you know mid-20s um, instead of doing it at 50 when the kids are out of the house. So I am, I think Jessica, you and I have had multiple conversations about this. It's just how grateful we are that we've dealt through with this shit and, and we are happy with, we, we are constantly making the decision every morning to wake up with the person next to us, um, yeah. that we don't have to at 50 realize that we, we hate the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big, strong believer of it takes a village. Like I love Kim and he's great, but he's not my everything. I have a, a village of people who support Katie yeah yeah like all of Um, these people that have been listening to us (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) (gasps) all right well this has been a considerably longer episode than we had anticipated um but a good convo nonetheless any final thoughts or we're kind of done ladies no I think it was good no yeah yeah awesome thanks for sharing everybody yeah yeah well happy holidays happy new year to everyone and uh, we appreciate it we have a lot of exciting things in 2022 coming up uh, that will we will be announcing soon enough so thank you stay tuned and keep coming back thanks for spending time with us we hope this story has helped you better navigate yours don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time if you enjoyed this episode spread the love by rating or reviewing Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.